everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's Pat, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, here we are. Indeed we are. Season 11. Yeah. You know, since I've heard that, I've like a song been going through my head. Oh, really? What's that? I'm finding it hard to believe we're in season 11. <laughs> you know, like in heaven, you know, as Brian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like that, it went through my head and I'm thinking like, really? Season 11? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's been, uh. You know, it's been what three years now, or are we coming up on four? I don't even remember. Uh, come up on the third year, so the yeah. end of the third year or the beginning. I want to say that we started like February around February, February March, I believe. It was March, yeah. I just don't okay. remember what year. So it would have been all right. So you, know, it would have been in twenty. 2021, right? No, 2020, 2020. I think. Yeah. 2020, yes. All right, because so we'll be finishing our third year. Yes, yes, we will. So in starting three our years, fourth. In three years, we have done over 150 episodes. Yeah. Uh, we are now in the 11th season, so I think we've done very well. Yeah. It's been pretty interesting. We saw some uh, good growth last year, and it's going to be hard to top this year, I think. But look who we're kicking it off with, Artemis Pyle. So yeah, yeah that's a great way to like keep the attraction going. Yeah, Artemis was gracious enough to come back and talk about his new project and you know, it, it's so, I said it last time when we talked to him, it's so strange talking to someone as iconic as him. Well, you know, last time we interviewed him, the album was just starting to be, you know, recorded and they were choosing the collaborators, you know, who's going to sing Freebird was the big mystery, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and he kind of left us with that cliffhanger. And now, of course, we know it was Dolly Parton. That's right, uh, yeah. Yeah. But now we also know, because Anthems is being released this Friday on Groundhog's Day, I might add. February 2nd. Yeah. So now we, you know, we know who is singing, like, all of the anthems. And that, I think that's a really cool title, like, I really want to ask him about that and, you know, how they how they chose that title or who chose the title. It's just really very fitting, I think, for the work that's on there. Yeah, I know they have some pretty, I mean, you mentioned Dolly, and I know there's some other really great collaborators on there. 
So yeah, Sammy Hagar and Simple Man. That's right. And I think I saw that Ronnie Dunn was on there from Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. I remember who else off the top of my head, but anyway, we'll talk to Artemis about that and get his input on what you know who all was on it and uh, you know some of the stories behind getting them to be on it. I think a difficult thing in this interview that we're getting ready to do with him will be, you know, Gary Rossington's passing and how he feels about that in light of, you know, Gary was on the album and it's in that way, I'm sure it's very sad that he is not here to see the album drop on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. That's That is, uh, you know, unfortunate, but I'm sure Will uh, give us the whole rundown on what happened with Pat. Well, Artemis is fascinating. I mean, you know, I, I have to say, like surviving a plane crash, not once but twice. Right. I mean, and then getting shot. Is, <laughs> getting shot, yes. Yeah. And still, you know, like he, like I would never get back. Well, you know, I would never get back on a plane. If I survived, you know, one plane crash, I'd be like, okay, you know, I was so lucky because the chances of survival are not that high. And then to do it a second time and survive, I mean, you know, he is an amazing person despite his talent for drums and, you know, all of the other things like that are related to the music career. I mean, just in his his perseverance you know I, I think i find that very very motivating and very interesting it's just very odd to me yeah i'll be interested to i mean i don't know how he gets around these days like if he you know if he does fly a lot or if he spends his time on the bus and stuff so be interested in hearing about that and what is you know if he if he is like you, you said you wouldn't get back on a plane, so I wonder if he's a little averse to that, but we'll see. Well, I didn't, I, I know he talked about this in the last, the last time we interviewed him, but didn't his father die in a plane crash? He did, yes. So, I mean, you know, like, that would be just, uh, I, I could not, I could not be on a plane if, if all those things happened. <laughs> I just... You know, I just know that about myself. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. We'll find out what what his feeling is about that. Yeah. Well, I find it fascinating. You know, I'd love to have a little bit of whatever that is that, you know, I don't know if it's bravery. I mean, I don't know what it is. Would you get back on the plane? Yeah, probably. Like I mean, after two? Maybe two not hours. like right away, but, you know, I probably would. I I can't, you know, I just can't see it. Uh, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, so. Yeah. (laughs) I just, uh, you know, I just just don't think I could, but I admire it. I mean, and, you know, as far as Artemis goes, his band plays all over the world, I believe. So, I mean, he kind of has to. Yeah, I I mean, it is, a am sure, a major part of uh, being an entertainer and having to get from place to place. Mm-hmm. But, 
even at that, you know, there's just limits to what my mind, it would be, it would be constantly going through my mind. And I just know that I, I would just be traumatized. I think that's how I feel I would be. And two times, <laughs> I mean, maybe like the more it happens to you, the more you think like I'm invincible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's not meant for me to happen, you know, <clears throat> to die this way. But my mind's not wired like that. So I'm going to, and I'm, you know, I think I'm going to post this in the backstory group tonight after the episode, just to see what the listeners think when yeah. they get back on the plane or not. Good yeah. question. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is a good idea. You know, good question. I think I know what the outcome will be, but you know. What more use than me? <laughs> I would think that more people would not more means than you i think yeah probably yeah i think so too <laughs> um but you know you gotta admire the use i mean i do i admire artemis and i look forward to just hearing this whole story because it's been a while and now it's like we were you know being teased to see and now you know, now we get all the answers. It's like, great. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, you know, our last interview with him was pretty short. This one will be a little bit longer, I'm hoping. Yep. I, I feel like he's just going to open right up to us. You know, <laughs> yeah. We have that effect on people. That's right. Well, let's jump in and talk to Artemis about his upcoming project, Anthems. And... Then we'll get into some of the other stuff and see what he has to say. Let's do it. We've been working on this thing for years. It seems like years. But when you're working with 14 different artists and 14 different managers and 14 different record companies and 150 different lawyers for all these people, it takes more time than we thought. But it it was worth it because I got Gary Rossington you know, who we lost six months ago. So, so yeah, the, the biggest thing for me, there's two points I want to make. The one is it, it was really difficult navigating Nashville mm -hmm. and all of the, the shenanigans that go on in Nashville with the, the lawyers and the managers and all wannabes and the butt kissers and the brown nosers. Right. Yeah. But it was worth it because we got, you know, I worked really hard to get Gary Rossington on Freebird with Dolly, and it happened, and we got it done. And after Gary was lied to by the management company that Dolly had pulled out of the, you know, no. pulled out of the project, and it wasn't true. None of that was true. They were just trying to ruin it for everybody. Mm. And but we got Gary on there with Dolly, and then we lost Gary. You know, about six, seven months ago. Yeah, the last founding member of Leonard Skinner and it left me as the last living member of Leonard Skinner and it's not it's not something I'm bragging about for sure it's not a good feeling as a matter of fact it's it's a bad feeling but our band has been together 15 years we're not going to change what we do we go to these beautiful venues all over the country and these older theaters that have been you know remodeled and and fixed up and Festi really cool festival sites and 
you know, all over the country. And that's what we're going to continue to do. We take uh, Leonard Skinner music into places that the bigger bands, they won't go, they won't play someplace unless they get $200,000. And, you know, unless there's 20 gigs in a row, we recently did a gig in Riodoso, New Mexico. It was a one-off. We drove five days on the tour bus <laughs> to go out there and back. We played one show with, you know, one of the country artists out there. Mm-hmm. And 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 th- no, there's no bands that would do that. They would, they would, you know, demand a certain amount of money. They would demand this and demand that. And we just get on the bus and go. And even though our agency had no respect for us whatsoever by doing that to us, when they knew that it was hard on everybody, the band, the crew, the driver, you know, I I got rid of all of the agencies in Nashville because they're they're jaded. Unless you're Taylor Swift, you know, they're not going to really pitch for you. And now we're, you know, we're with a, a company out of New Jersey called blue raven mm-hmm. and sean at blue raven and they stand up for us you know they they are on our side and they're they're about us and in nashville they just they say anything that they think you want to hear but you know they have a hidden agenda mm-hmm. so you know we're very happy to have our agency in new jersey and 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 the we, you know we we got the album done uh, it's called anthems yeah and the you know the the worldwide consensus is that it's it's a very solid good record with uh, great players and of course all the basic track is brad durden and scott Raines, jerry lida david fowler and myself artemis gomer pile usmc (laughs) and you know that we were the soundtrack we were the basic track on on every single song and we had Dolly's producer, Kent Wells, who's been with her for 35 years. He was our producer on this project. And he he got me a big, fat Nashville drum sound, probably the, the best drum sound I've ever had. And uh, they're, they're Thunder. And sonically, you know, the album is strong and rocks. And the performances of, of our band, you know, we got up to Nashville and they started saying, well, we'll look. If we need this, we'll just get some session players, you know, to play on it. And I said, no, you won't. Yeah. You know, the, the, the basic track of APB is APB, you know, the five of us, you know, we're not, we're not going to bring in a bunch of ringers, you know, we can, we played this music for 15 years and we play it better than anybody in the world. Right. So, you know, Matt and Matt, but we're just going to continue to do what we do and the album comes out february the 2nd which is groundhog's day coming up here (laughs) there are three thousand copies of the album already out we did about 1500 pre-sales starting last year it seems like we've been working on this thing for eight years but the the pre-sales went out 1500 of them and then there are 1500 vinyls available mm-hmm. and I, I would like, I appreciate y'all letting me, you know, rant here. I, I want to make it perfectly clear that the, the majority of the money, the, the lion's share of the money on this album goes to my rock and roll friends that are up in heaven. 
you know, I, I'm the last guy. Right. I, I'm, you know, and, and it's like, I wanted to do something that would make money for the children and grandchildren of my, my rock star friends that I always think about them like in a parallel universe playing on the, the largest stage ever seen in the history of stages, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I feel like, you know, the last thing I heard from Gary Rossington is he texted me and said, Artemis, uh, this album sounds great. I love being able to play with Dolly on Freebird. Ronnie would love it. The whole band would love it. They're looking down, giving the thumbs up. You know, I love you. I love your family. I love your brother. Can't wait to see you. And, and you know, because we, we were kept apart for years and years, so there'd be more money for the management companies to steal. Yeah. And, you know, but, but Dolly on Freebird was the impetus for bringing Gary and I back together as, you know, old friends that toured the world together and played for the rock and roll Kings and Queens of the planet. And it, it really, it was, it was really worth it for, for that part of it, for Gary to be on there with Dolly, two icons mm-hmm. on an iconic song, Freebird, And for Gary and I to be able to work on the project together. And I don't know if y'all know this, but you know, that was, that was the last thing Gary Rossington recorded was his slide solo with Dolly Parton, you know, on Freebird. Wow. I did not know that. So and it, it's, it's on her album, Freebird number 30. Yeah. And it, and it's of course on our album as well. So excuse me, I, I interrupted you. What no, no, you're fine. I was just curious, like, had, so you said they, the management had kept you apart, but so you didn't see each other very often. Is that, is that true or? Oh, absolutely true. You know, I, it, I, I was of course poison right. oh, uh, because yeah. of, uh, you know, all of the false allegations that had been yeah. posed against me. Yeah. And if any of that stuff would have been, would have been true, I'd be in prison right now. Yeah. But, you know, none of it was true. I'm not in prison. I've never <laughs> hid under a rock. I've always been in the public eye. Yeah. And, but the management company, they turned their back on me. And there was a, there was a time when the band, you know, was so yeah. into a, a gluttonous consumption of cocaine and alcohol. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about me, our friendship, my life, my family, anything. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they cared about was the next, you know, line of cocaine. Yeah. And that was, that was years ago. That right. was years ago in, in all fairness. But there was a time when they told me that I saved their lives in the plane crash and that I certainly needed some moral support on my side going through a false accusation. Right. And they let, they left me for dead because they had this gluttonous drug and alcohol problem. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, it's not sour grapes. I'm only saying the truth. Mm-hmm. And I, I forgave everybody for everything. And, you know, we're just, we were just trying to do something good, positive for the name of Leonard Skinner. And we did it. And Gary was a part of it. And I will, you know, be forever thankful that the project brought us together because it wasn't ever about money for me. Yeah. It was always about the music. And Gary was about the music, but everybody surrounding mm-hmm. him a very sinister crowd of crooks. It was about the money. Mm. And Gary was only 71. And to me, they worked him to death. He had like seven heart attacks and heart problems. And 
they would always like, you know, beg him to go back out on the road so they could make that damn money. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so it finally took its toll, but Gary's service, I was there with my two guitar players, Gary and I mean, uh, Jerry and Scott, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a very dignified service. There was a thousand people there from all over the world. Everybody loved Gary and Paul Rogers from Bad Company spoke some really nice words wow. about Gary. Simon Kirk was there, the drummer for Bad Company as well. They're, they're mm-hmm. old friends. Yeah. Travis Tritt sang a song for Gary. Kid Rock was there representing, you know, showing his love for, for Gary. Yeah. And all of Gary's famous, beautiful guitars were all over the chapel next to pictures of his grandchildren and children and his family. And it was, it was a very dignified service. And, you know, Gary and I, and the whole band, we used to love watching Andy Griffith. And as you were leaving after Gary's service was over in the chapel and we were going to go to graveside as you're leaving the chapel, they were blasting the theme song to the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> and and it was so awesome. I mean, it brought tears to my eyes because, yeah. you know, even on our bus today with APB, you know, and we play standard music better than any band in the world. Even on our bus, before we go on stage on our bus, we always have Andy Griffith playing <laughs> while we're getting ready, you know, and, yeah. and gearing, gearing up to go out and putting on our, you know, our in-ear monitors and getting wired up and everything. We got Andy Griffith on there because it just makes you feel like you're home, you know? And so, yeah, we, uh, we miss Gary pretty badly, guys. Yeah. Yeah. He was certainly quite the guitar player for sure. And I'm sure you have lots of great memories of touring with him. And I'm curious, like how, how did the meeting go when you saw him for the first time? in such a long time uh we didn't actually meet uh, we talked about you know getting together for lunch oh, oh, oh. you know no lawyers yeah. uh, no no uh you know wannabes yeah. n- n- nobody but just gary and i we talked about you know that 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 would happen and then of course gary passed but right you know we we never actually physically got together because i knew the way to handle it to get Gary on Freebird with Dolly was to let Kent Wells, who was a respected producer sure. and Dolly's friend of 35 years in, in Nashville, I was going to let Kent, you know, make that happen. And I worked with Kent on one side and Gary on the other side. Mm-hmm. And a third party, a friend, a mutual friend of Gary and, and mine, a man named Timmy that grew up, you know, next door to Gary and I, when I lived with Gary on the, at his place in Florida on the St. John's river. Mm-hmm. And so we, we made it happen against all, as I say, Gary was lied to by people telling him that Dolly had pulled out of the yeah. project and that I wasn't going to pay any of the licensing fees and all these songs. Well, that's just, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to work with Dolly Parton and the top people in the business. And I'm going (laughs) to try to, you know, I'm going to try to steal Freebird from some, you know, not pay the licensing fees and the the mechanicals, songs like that. No, hell no. And Mm. as, and as, as I said, 
I reiterate, all the money, the lion's share is going to go to the children and grandchildren of Gary and Ronnie and Billy and Alan and Leon. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's where the money's going to go. We did this as a tribute. My band did. We are a live band. That's how we make our living. We get on the bus. We go to the gig. We play the show. People love us because we play the music so so sincerely and not with a bunch of it's not like a circus act where we're running around you know doing flip-flops and everything and we play the music and sing the words right and the crowd you know the the people that come and see us they really appreciate our presentation that it's not some big flashy gaudy you know we're here for the money thing yeah so you know, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have a private jet at this point? We have uh, three Gulfstream 5s. Oh, okay. Cool. And, <laughs> yeah. And one of them's mine. One of them belongs to the crew. And, and I let the band use the other one. And, you know, we we make a little money in the gigs, but it costs uh, oh, yeah. $2 million. Two million dollars in fuel to get there. So, oh lord! <laughs> uh, no, we we have a we have a tour bus, a nineteen ninety nine Prevo. Uh-huh. We call her Pearl. She's Pearl White. We bought her from Lenny Kravitz. It's a long story. Uh, cool. And she, we keep her clean as a pen. We have a tight ship. We have a beautiful galley. As I say, you know, we keep her clean, mm-hmm. and she's fast. We found out in Texas that she's very fast. <laughs> and so, you know, on a full moon at three o'clock in the morning on one of those long Texas straight highways, yeah. you know, we, we, we found out she's very fast, but no, that's, that's our home away from home. We're, we're very comfortable on there. Uh, we have a great driver. Our, our driver, Eddie drove for Taylor Hawkins. Mm-hmm. He drove for uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ. He's driven for everybody. Wow. And he only lives about 20 miles from me out here in the country. Hmm. And it, it worked out great. We can sleep when he's driving. He's such a great driver. We never worry about it at all. And we have a backup driver, our guitar player, Jerry Lida. Yeah. He is a great driver. He drives slower than Eddie. <laughs> but, but, but you know, it's, it's very steady and solid. And I always know when I'm in my bunk, I know when, when Jerry's taken over for a minute to, <laughs> to let Eddie rest his eyes, you know, uh, it's, we, it's slower, but very smooth. Yeah. So we're a well-oiled machine or our crew of three, uh, ride with us, of course. Mm-hmm. So there's nine, nine of us on the bus and everybody's got a, you know, a nice bunk. We've lit them up really, you know, with all the, the lighting you can buy at Walmart, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, 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 I think one guy's got a mirror ball <laughs> in his, in his bunk, but we're, we're very comfortable on, on the bus. A lot of times when we stop to let our driver rest, we won't, you know, like run him into the ground. Right. We'll get it. We'll get a room or two for the band to shower and use the restroom and, mm-hmm. you know, kick, kick back and watch TV. But a lot of the band members and and the crew and and myself included, I I'm more comfortable just staying on the bus, and you know waiting for the driver to get you know ten or eleven hours of sleep, yeah. and then we you know then we move on, and we the the band all of these guys in my band 
are successful businessmen. I'm 75 and they're like 60 and younger. And they're, they're all, you know, they have uh, beautiful wives and children and homes Mm -hmm. and businesses. They're successful. They absolutely do not need this band to, to make money. Mm -hmm. I, I won't say, you know, they're, they're independently wealthy, but they but they they are. They've worked really hard for their wealth and and things, their homes and right. what have you, and they deserve them. But they love this music as much as I do, and they are so proud of this album. And you know, guys, think about it. The for for a few weeks ago, for just a, a short period of time, the Dolly Parton album that we're on, where we play Freebird. We're number 30 on her album. Yeah. It was like number one in the world on many formats. Yeah. Because it's Dolly and it felt kind of good to be on a number one record in the entire world. Yeah. And we're, we're, we, we rode in on Dolly's coattails, <laughs> but she's on our album as well. We were the first ones to record with her on her new rock album. Mm-hmm. And I told Dolly, I said, I'm going to vote for you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And she said, well, I don't know if I should accept it because I'm not a rocker and I don't know if I deserve it. And I said, well, Dolly, you know, for goodness sakes, you're you're a, a humanitarian, right? number one in the world. You're a singer, songwriter, movie star. You can play guitar as good as a man. I said, but you're a humanitarian. You deserve everything. Right. And then she said, well, I, I guess... This is the day that she played free. She played me her vocal on Freebird to our track that we recorded for her. And I mean to tell you, I cried like I boohooed like a baby. Hmm. It was so so emotional. And that's before we lost Gary Rossington. Right. Right. And 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 you know, right. So anyway, she she said, Well, Artemis and I put Freebird on my album. And I said, you know, the whole band said, uh, I think unanimously, we all said, Yeah. <laughs> it's dolly you know, of course yeah. <laughs> it, it's dolly and, and of course with our album our tribute to ronnie van zant his music and his band mm-hmm. having dolly on board on freebird that opened the doors to people like sammy hagar and all the other great artists that sang on the album <laughs> you know because they, they're all like yeah i'd like to be on a an album with dolly yeah and so we're with all of the trials and tribulations and the shenanigans, we are very proud of our work and the work that was put in to, to finish this record and finally get it out there. As I say, February 2nd, Groundhog's Day is the official release date. And I did mention that there's already 3,000 albums that are out there. So, yep. you know, the, the horse is out of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> What was your favorite mo- favorite moment uh, recording that album? Well, I know there's you know it's probably hard to pick one out, but I'm well, just... no, I, I mean absolutely, it's it's pretty easy for me. Yeah. You know, sitting there at the console with Dolly mm-hmm. at Kentwell's Studios there in Nashville, that moment where I heard her vocal for the first time, and and it made me weep. You know, tears of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, te- tears of joy, but uh, it was very emotional. And, you know, the fact that Dolly is such a great human being and, you know, she put her arm around me and 
gave me a hug and made me feel better. And, hmm. you know, and Dolly is, is the best. And she's been married for many, many years yeah. to a great guy named Carl. You know, she, Dolly could, could be married and date anybody in the world, <laughs> but, you know, she was, she was loyal to the person that she loved yeah. and, and the, per, and the person that she knew loved her for, for not, not the fact that she was Dolly Parton, but the fact that, that, you know, Carl looked at her, this is my wife and I love her very much. And they've, they've always been in love. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we talked, I talked to Dolly about Carl in the studio and gave her a picture of, of the band, me playing drums. Cause I, you know, and I signed it to Carl because he, he always encouraged Dolly on the rock side of music. Right. And then when, you know, when she decided to accept the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination and Dolly doesn't do anything halfway, you know, she, sure. she went out and, and did 30 songs with Paul McCartney and Ringo and Elton, uh, Elton and every, everybody, all the greats, yeah. uh, you know, Dolly, Dolly uh, on her album. And, and we're so happy to be included, you know? Yeah, so you mentioned Dolly and Sammy Hagar, and who are some of the others on the album? Warren Haynes mm-hmm. from Almond Brothers and Government Mule, Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn. He sang "Street of Alabama." Awesome. Billy Ray, Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. A girl named Lindsay L from Canada. She's thirty-three, hotter than a firecracker, sweet as she can be. Guitar player, singer. Yeah, I've heard um, her. You know, reminds me of a Canadian Cheryl Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Cheryl Crow is from Canada. That's right. She is. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so, but, but Lindsay, Lindsay is an amazing artist and low cash. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Lee Bryce, there, there's so, well, there's 14. Okay. I believe, I believe it's, and of course, one of the songs we wanted APB to represent, we had, you know, Bradwell Dur- Durden. Mm-hmm. His, I call him Bradley, and he said, "No, I, I'm actually a. My name is Bradwell." And I thought <laughs> well, that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But uh, Brad has a beautiful Southern rock voice. He has a real voice, mm-hmm. not one of those fake, fake country rock grunts. Yeah, yeah. He's not a grunter. He's he's actually a vocalist with with pipes and a, a real voice and a vibrato and tone control and he sings in key and he has intonation. And so he sang a song called on the hunt right. uh, on the album. And, you know, we couldn't be happier. He, as, as far as I'm concerned, Brad it was right up there with all of the other great vocalists that are on the record. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, his voice is, is is a beautiful voice so and so is all of the the rest of and billy ray cyrus man what a hoot i mean he's he sang call me the breeze right yeah and ronnie ronnie sang call me the breeze up in a higher register mm-hmm. and then jj kale who wrote call me the breeze sang it in a lower register mm-hmm. well billy ray sang it right in the middle <laughs> he, he he sang it like a common man hitting the notes that you know, a lot of people will hear it and go, wow, I can sing along with that. I, <laughs> I can actually sing along with Billy Ray, you know? And so what he did is he sparked new life into the song. And I, I think he's made it when it comes out and people start digging it. It's like a new road song. 
you know, yeah, you, cool. you, put, you put the, you put the top back, you know, and you turn, you crank it up, you, yeah. your system up as loud and you go down the road and, 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 you know, look at the ocean or the mountains and, you know, it's, it's like a road song. So he's ad libbing through, through the whole thing, yelling, you know, yeehaw. <laughs> and all this kind of stuff, man. It's, it's a hoot, and I love it. I, I really love it. Yeah. And uh, you know, Ronnie Dunn from uh, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, he sings "Sweet Home Alabama," and he the, the the little Southern rock twang that he put on it was so cool. Yeah, you know, like because he'd sing it with that "Sweet Home Alabama," right? A yeah. little bit, <laughs> little, little bit of a twang in there. Yeah, that you know, Ronnie certainly from Florida had a Southern accent, but Ronnie didn't have a twang. Right, and and. Ronnie Dunn has kind of opened that song up to a whole new audience. Mm. And so that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to put modern technology and modern recording techniques and all the latest stuff mm -hmm. and getting that sonic sound that Kent Wells knows how to get and the, the big fat drum sound that I got and that I'm happy, so happy with and, you know, and put a little polish on these songs and, and put them out there again, because Nobody can record these songs better than they were originally recorded. Right. No band is going to be better than the original Leonard Skinner. No, no singer is going to sing Ronnie Van Zant's Free Bird better than Ronnie. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's just we want to keep them in perpetuity and and put a little polish on them and and put them out there and a, like a little re renewed interest in the songs because why? Because Ronnie Van Zant and his band and and his music deserve it he deserves it and Great. so that's why that's why we did it you know so are you going to do anything special for the release or do you have any plans for that i don't know i'd like to jump out of an airplane and, uh, <laughs> you know again <laughs> my my last jump was fourteen thousand five hundred feet wow over uh, North Carolina, over there, I jumped with the Golden Knights from Fort Bragg. Yeah, of course, it's a different fort. Uh, what do they call it now? Fort Fort Liberty. Yeah, something. I, I, some, they changed the name, but yeah, the Golden Knights jump team for the Army. They're you know I'm a Marine, and I, I'll guarantee you the the uh, jump school that they have out there for the Golden Knights. These guys are absolutely amazing. I I I would trust them. You know to jump out of an airplane any time of, of at, at all. And they, they were my jump team when I, when I did my last jump and I never thought I'd jump out of a perfectly good airplane, but I did it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was, it was a hoot, you know, <laughs> that, that last second, just before I released and let myself fall into space, you know, up until that point, I wasn't uh, nervous at all. Mm -hmm. And that one split second before I dropped out of the plane, I thought to myself, what in the hell am I doing? <laughs> you know, and, uh, but once I was airborne and, 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 uh, you know, and looking at the planet and saw the, the curvature of the earth and, wow. and, and, you know, I was in free fall. It, it was incredible, man. I, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. So was that like well, a, uh, was that like a bucket list item for you? Oh no, no. I, oh. I I'll do it. I'll do it again. It it was, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get to take jump school in the Marines, right? Because uh, 
I was aviation electronics and I worked on A4C Skyhawks uh-huh. and I flew the back seat of the A4C Skyhawk trainers, the A4TFs. I and remember uh, you, I remember you talking about this last time a little bit. A4Ts. And yeah. that was my dream was to fly jets for the Marine Corps. But mm-hmm. I'm sure I told you last time after my father was killed in a yeah. mid-air plane collision in Albuquerque, the dream changed. And I, I went from being a captain in the Marine Corps flying jets to a drummer in a rock band <laughs> called Leonard Skinner. <laughs> so life, life, life throws you some, some curves. Sometime. Yeah, quite a transition. Well, Kat, what do you got? Yeah. So anthems, I think is like a really iconic name for this album. You know, I, I do. I, I, I love anthems. How did you decide which songs you were going to put on there? Oh, that's hard. I mean, you know, we you got to do Sweet Home. You got to do Free Bird. You got to do Simple Man. The rest of the songs, just kind of as the artists that were available. I mean, you know, we 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 wanted Bob Dylan because uh, he loved Ronnie Van Zandt. And he talked about Simple Man all the time. We wanted Neil Young because Ronnie and Neil were going to write music together. But mm. Ronnie was killed, so that ended that. We, I wanted Jack White out of Nashville, mm. you know, right. to to come on board. But scheduling is really hard when you've got all the different bands and artists. You know, they they're just like us. They they've got gigs. Yeah, they have commitments. So everybody that was available and and willing to be a part of the project, we welcomed them with open arms, and you know, kind of made the set list around them. You know, we could have done a a quadruple album, but we had to, you know, confine it, you know, because it's it's very expensive to do something like this too. Sure. And, you know, none of us have money to burn, but we, it was really important for us to, to get it done. And with the help of our record company, and, and, you know, uh, they're called Get Joe Records. They're out of Texas. And they they went through all the headaches that we went through. And, you know, they, they weren't really used to dealing with Nashville. They didn't realize that there's a lot of shenanigans. And, you know, our management company out of Nashville, under the circumstances, did the best that they could, you know, our PR people. And, and so, you know, it all all is forgiven we got it done it was worth it it's a great record it's an incredible tribute record to ronnie i got to get gary on there with dolly and so you know in answer to your question cat the the it just the, the songs after we got dolly and 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 ronnie dunn and of course sammy hagar on board everything just kind of mapped out uh, a natural progression everybody that was available and we had you know people from canada we had country people we had rock people so it's it's a very different tribute record and it's i i can tell you from the band's point of view it is sincere and from the heart so do you feel with gary's passing and now you being you know the one that's left to carry on the legacy do you feel like an an increased um, d- duty, I guess, to do that. Absolutely, Kent. I mean, 
you know, I always stayed for a couple of hours after our shows and I signed, you know, old albums and people bring me pictures of Ronnie and the band and, you know, and, and ticket stubs from, you know, coming to see us play in the seventies, you know, where the tickets were like $6, you know, and, (laughs) and, and I, so I always felt a duty anyway, because the rest of the members weren't as accessible as I, and I love meeting people. I love hearing the stories. And I, you can imagine, I've heard hundreds of stories of people, a lot of bikers that bury their friends to Freebird. And, you know, somebody's high school prom theme was Simple Man, you know, and Freebird and just all of the different applications to life that people used you know ronnie wrote simple man for his mother and his grandmother and i knew them and a lot of people relate to that you know listen to what your mom tells you mm-hmm. you know she's not going to your, your mom in most cases is, is not going to steer you wrong right so these songs are part of the fabric of not only america but the world i i get feedback from all over the world about their skinner songs there, there are fans of Ronnie Van Zant all over the planet. And so, yes, my, my sense of duty has been heightened, you know, and I, I'm just going to continue to do what we've been doing. And that is, you know, going out and playing the music live and taking the music in smaller towns and smaller venues. When it's small, I mean, we play festivals, 40,000 people, 50,000 people. But we play a lot of the theaters that have been, you know, restored all over America, up north and yeah. the northern states, all those old theaters that were just beautifully done, that sat empty for years and just went to went to seed. And the, the, the city fathers realized that, 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 that they were diamonds in the rough and went back in, completely restored them. And, and they're acoustically beautiful. I, I, I love playing these theaters. A lot of them, you know, most of them have come back with state-of-the-art sound and lights. Mm-hmm. And you're already in a place that was built acoustically. So we get to play those and the outdoor festivals and huge, you know, amphitheaters sitting on lakes. And uh, we up in Minnesota on the Finger Lakes, the Glacier Lakes up there, they just built a brand new facility. We played there three times uh, called Arnold's Park. And it's it's right on the old glacier finger lakes up there. And the water is crystal clear. The venue is state of the art. Uh, we just played there last year that summer. And 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 it was sold out. We just played in Rochester, New York for the jazz festival on a Friday night. We had ten thousand people. Wow. And and I almost cried when I got off our bus and walked onto the stage. And and walked out there and looked out. I thought there'd be a couple thousand people. Yeah. But, you know, and it's when Rochester was under all that smoke coming from Canada, you know, because the Canada was on fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, Rochester's right there on the border. And there was a lot of smoke in the air. And I thought, well, there'll be a couple thousand people. But there was 10,000 people street to street, street to street, out, you know, outdoor, you know, right in the middle of downtown, surrounded by the, the city. Uh, it was beautiful, and I saw ten thousand people—a sea, a, a sea of people 
and I, I literally got emotional. Mm. And we we put in one of the best sets we've ever put in. So, you know, I, I'm never disappointed by the people that show up that love the music because people from all walks of life, young people, I mean, children and the older people like me, you know, 75 and above, they all have a favorite Skinner song. Probably the last five presidents of the United States of America have had somewhere in their heart a favorite Leonard Skinner song. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's, means a lot to me. So, and, you know, think about Ronnie Van Zant, one of the greatest movies of all time, Forrest Gump. You know, and, and Ronnie had two songs in that movie, yeah. Free Bird and Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Right. And, you know, remember when Forrest was teaching Jenny how to dance? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and and it, was, it was Sweet Home. Yeah. So, you know, the, the music, it's, it's an amazing phenomenon because no matter where I go, what little town in Texas or anywhere in America, there is a band that covers Leonard Skinner. There's a Leonard Skinner tribute band. Mm. I, I'm serious. Almost in every city of this, <laughs> this this country, and I've played with many of them, and some of them are really good. They put a lot of work into the music, and then some of them are n- not quite as rehearsed. Yeah. But the spirit, you know, the spirit is still there. Right. You know, they they still play these songs with everything they've got. You know, and they're playing with me, so you know they're 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 feeling like they have a connection mm-hmm. to the real Leonard Skinner that they, they grew up and admired and loved. And, but you know, 15, 16 years ago, I got tired of playing with 200 different bands, you know, and I wanted to put something together that was solid and, you know, Brad and Jerry and Scott and I put the band together and Dave came along later has been with us for quite a few years. And we, we are a well-oiled machine and, Everybody that hears us really enjoys the, the presentation. A couple places in the show we do acoustic. We break down to acoustic, no drums, just some percussion in the background, mm-hmm. some chimes. And Jerry and Scott and Brad do beautiful three-part vocal harmonies on Tuesday's Gone. And all I can do is write about it, mm-hmm. you know. And it it gives everybody in the audience a chance not to be bombarded, you know, by, by, you know, I'm cause we rock yeah, yeah. and we bring it, yeah. you know, we, we bring it, we, we are not timid and we are ferocious. <laughs> we are a ferocious man. Uh, you know, venue for you. So the next time you come back or you're planning a tour back to Kentucky, you need to be at the train station in Corbin, Kentucky it's a, a nonprofit and they do a lot of arts for veterans as like healing and therapy, that kind of thing with art. So, you know, and it's also one of those charming little venues like you're talking about. So, you know, I love, I love that cat. Uh, we just played last year with my son's band pile tribe. We played Corbin and uh, you know, that that's the home of Colonel Sanders, right? Yeah. And, and, and and so I met Colonel Sanders when I was a little kid. And because I, you know, I'm from Tennessee and Kentucky and we traveled those old roads yeah. before I-75 went through there. And the place that we played was the old ice house. Oh. Uh, that that big cool venue there in Corbin, the ice house. Hmm. And 
it it was a wild place and we had a nice crowd it wasn't packed or anything but you know i i'm from kentucky i was born in louisville and recently you can edit this out if you want to august 30th i had back to back cancer surgery prostate cancer surgery and you know that was just in august august 30th and I, I am a Marine. I drank the water at Camp Lejeune. So when the doctor told me that I had a little prostate cancer, my vet, you know, vet doctor, they take good care of me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't surprised at all. I, I said, well, doctor, I'd be surprised if I didn't have cancer <laughs> because, you know, the fact is, you know, I'm a Marine. I was stationed at Camp Lejeune four times. Mm-hmm. And I went there, you know, as a kid in the fifties, I went there to visit my uncle who was a Marine's first sergeant from the Korean war. My family would stay with his family on base and drink that water. So I would have been surprised if if I didn't have cancer. Now, I'm fine. I The surgery that I opted for robotic surgery, and I, I said, I don't want to mess around with it. I want it all taken out. Yeah. So they did. They did that. You know, I'm, I'm fine. But then like right halfway through the there's a point to my story. Right halfway through healing up, I took the month of September off to heal up properly. And my first show was in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, outside of Louisville there, E-Town. Yeah. And I didn't want to miss any of the shows. That was October 6th. And I didn't want, want to miss any shows because, you know, we, we got Dolly on there. And I didn't, we're promoting the new record. And I, I didn't want to miss anything. So I'm healing up. And halfway through my healing at four o'clock in the morning i had a massive heart attack oh, and they uh rushed me to hickory north carolina 20 people jumped on top of me and took all my clothes off and <laughs> and, and shot me up with morphine and saved my life wow. and they put a stent you know they they put a stent through my femoral artery and and you know now i'm on heart medication mm-hmm. and everything i take statin and the blood thinners and all that stuff, but I'm fine. And I know why I had the heart attack because I was put under tremendous stress with this album. Yeah. All kinds of people up in Nashville lying about this and lying about that. You know, it it was, it was driving me crazy. You know, why can't people just tell the damn truth? Yeah. You know, we were trying to do something good for everybody to, to, to help everybody. And, you know, we got all these people trying to take and cheap shots at us and, Mm. but, they didn't succeed. They did not succeed. But, you know, having back-to-back cancer surgery and then a massive heart attack, you know, all within like a month, you know, I was worried about whether I would be able to uh, play the way I should play. But October 6th, I was at a beautiful theater in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and the band told me, I, I've done 30 gigs since, by the way, I never missed a single gig. And the band told me that I'm playing as good as ever, that, you know, I, I just use smaller sticks mm-hmm. because I, I use a 5B stick, a Vic Firth wooden tip 5B, which is a pretty meaty stick. Yeah. And I just pulled back to a wooden tip 7As. And, yeah. and, you know, I take all of my cramping. I drink pickle juice. I eat my magnesium. I use TheraWorks for cramping. Mm-hmm. I take take my medication. I'm, you know, I journal all of my medication. I take my own vitals every single day. And 
I don't, you know, I don't miss it because, you know, I have eight children and grandchildren and I play music with them. And, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about my health. I'm fine. I'm going to be great. Mm. I am great, you know, as far as my health, but, but I am 75 years old. So I, I realize now that I have to even watch what I eat even more. I was always a vegetarian and I ate, you know, it's, you know, if I needed protein, I would have some white fish or white turkey, you know, to, to bring my level up a little bit. I'm not anal, but I'm basically a vegetarian. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a cigarette smoker. I do not smoke cigarettes. Um, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. wink, wink. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's been me. That's always been me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a liberal hippie and, you know, my band are conservatives, you know, and, and if we can get along on that bus for thousands of miles, which we do, we're all good friends. I love those guys. And, you know, I agree to disagree with them. Mm -hmm. They know how I feel about, you know, politicians and we, we agree to disagree. You know, I'm not trying to ram anything down their throat and they're, they're not trying to convince me of anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing that we do when we get on that bus is we go out, we play Leonard Skinner music for Leonard Skinner people that love good music. And, and we, we agree on that and, and people love it. So, you know, I thought I'd just let you know, I haven't said this in any of my interviews, but I'm telling you guys and you don't have to, you know, use it, but, but I'm, I'm fine. And I, I wouldn't want, you know, any of my people that, and I do have enemies, the people in Florida that, that, you know, that plane crash survivors that, that have their own conspiracy theories of what happened. Yeah, Nobody yeah. knows what happened on that plane from the perspective of the pilots and being a pilot other than I, I do. And most people were knocked unconscious. I was never knocked unconscious. I've had three airplane crashes, mm -hmm. you know, I've survived three of them. And I, I did go for help in the crash site for the Leonard Skinner crash. You know, I did get shot <laughs> and all of these people, they weren't there. They weren't there. They right. don't know what happened. Yeah. I know what happened. They're just speculating and guessing. And they're all they're, these big experts. Let them, let them flap their lips. I don't care. I know what happened. Right. I told them the story in a movie. That movie was accurate, except for the, we had to use a different airplane because we couldn't afford, yeah. you know, to rent, to rent one of those big tricycle landing gear like we used, right. uh, like we had. So we used a tail dragger, a C-117, which was, we called them Goonie Birds in mm -hmm. the Marine Corps. And they have a very safe flying record, but they have a good looking cockpit and cabin area. They're twin engine and they sound good. They got that big growl mm -hmm. like our plane had. So, you know, that's what we use. That's, but other than that, the movie was accurate. My son wrote music for it. My band wrote music for it. My friend wrote music for it. We were very proud of the movie and the soundtrack under the circumstances. It was no easy task either. Yeah. And nor, nor was the anthems. And, uh, you know, Kat, what you said about anthems, I love that name. That wasn't, we didn't come up with that. Our management company, and record label came up with that. And I love it because, because I, the working title was honoring the music of Ronnie Van Zant and his, and his band. And I'm lucky to be included. Well, 
anthems is true because Ronnie didn't just write hit songs or hit albums. He wrote anthems that will be here a thousand years from now. So, you know, I, I agree with you, Kat, and thanks for pointing that out. Well, one more thing to point out to you, after the first time we had you on, several months later, we had Jared Kahn as a guest, and he's a movie director, and we had no idea that he had directed your movie. So we asked him, you know, like, what's a favorite movie that you've directed? And he picked yours. And we're like, oh, my goodness, you know, we we have interviewed him and he's like, oh, I love Artemis and I love the story. And so it's a small world in that way. But I wanted you to know that he did say that was his favorite movie he's ever directed. Well, that is so cool. Jared Cohn is a great guy. And, you know, he and I wrote the screenplay for the movie. I I flew out to California five, six times working on the movie. And when I first went out there, after they asked me to do it, Cleopatra Films, I spent two 11-hour days with Jared, you know, we work, working up the story and, and me reliving it. And, I mean, I, I, I was yelling and screaming and punching walls and laughing and crying and, and you know, just, I mean, it was intense. It was very cathartic, yeah. but it was an intense thing to go through for jared you know him seeing the emotional impact that it had on me but we got through it and and out of it out of the screenplay kind of he was able to write his his movie he was able to to write you know the 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 script Mm -hmm. and you know we had a a budget of a million eight hundred thousand the whole time we were doing it we were being sued by thousand dollar an hour blood sucking weasel attorneys and but in the end we won in the circuit court three judges unanimously told uh you know the the other side that mr Pyle has a right to tell his story so shut up (laughs) you know and we finished it and but it did cause a lot of problems you know in, in in working on the movie and we ran into shenanigans on on anthems as well but you know all all you can do is just try to navigate through and try to see light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and and i always i keep that light out there i keep the carrot in front of the donkey because you know to me the way my feeling about music is the greatest gig i've ever done in my life will be the next show you know and while we're playing the show, the greatest song is the next song because there might be that golden magic moment that makes it all worthwhile, mm-hmm. you know, and we get those all the time when the crowd sometimes sings louder than we're on stage <laughs> and we can hear the crowd and it's a, it's a phenomenon. It really is. Wild. And we, we love those magic moments. They're golden. So, Artemis, you got the album coming out, and you're going to be touring, I assume, this this year. We what? never we never stop touring, right, Matt. Right. We never we're we're always touring. We're not like bands that you have big budgets that go out, you know, for six months and play, yeah. you know, every arena and every soccer stadium and and every place in the world. Uh, we we don't do that, but we go out 
on the weekends, Warriors, you know, we do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, we take care of our driver. We don't run him into the ground. And and we make sure if we have to leave two days early to get somewhere, you know, for the shows to begin, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We are dedicated and loyal to this band. And I am, I, I'm loyal. The guys are loyal to the music and I'm loyal to them. So yeah, we, 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 we will continue to tour. Exactly. Any, any other projects you have going on? I'm working on an album with my son, Marshall. Oh, cool. And we're going to record in Winston-Salem, North Carolina at a beautiful studio that was just built in a 1948 vintage building in downtown Winston-Salem, 30,000 square feet. A friend of mine bought it and turned it into this unbelievable studio. I've been in studios all over the world. Mm -hmm. This place is second to none. I'll never record another album in Nashville, Tennessee. And so my son Marshall's album will be in Winston-Salem. My son Chris's album, we're going to record it as well. Pile Tribe, Mm -hmm. that's my other band. I'm the drummer of Chris's band. My son, Chris, is the lead singer and uh, vocalist, and he wrote all of the material. And wow. so he's he's 52 now, and we rock. I mean, we're a legacy band. The, no other member of Leonard Skinner has children that are professional musicians, and, and all my kids are. That's so you cool. You know, they're all about the music. And, uh, and then APB, we're going to record an album of all original material in the Asheville, North Carolina area. Mm-hmm. We've got several studios to choose from. Uh, we're going to go record a song in each one of them and see which one sounds what we're looking for. We, we have that uh, luxury. And then we're going to get to work on an all-original APB Southern Rock album. And I guarantee you, right now, I'll put it up against any Southern rock album ever put out. All right. And awesome. our guys, our guys are good. And so, yeah, yeah, we have, we, we have, we were talking today about a European tour going over and doing the festivals in the summer mm-hmm. with, there's some interest in us coming over there Wow. because we don't demand a hundred thousand dollars or $200,000 right. because we, because we call our band Leonard Skinner. We we are we're not greedy. We like to get paid like anybody else, <laughs> but we don't mind earning our money. And so, you know, I talked to Australia, Sydney the other day, and they would like us, you know, APB to come to Sydney, Australia. And we were on our way to Sydney, Australia on the 90, 95 city world tour mm-hmm. that we were on when we crashed our airplane. We were only five shows into a 95 city world tour wow. ending up in, in Sydney, Australia. So there's interest in us coming to Sydney. There's an Australian, of course, playing there. Mm-hmm. We've got some interest in playing the Hawaiian islands. We have a friend over there Ooh. that would, you know, not just going to play one show on the main island, but playing smaller places even clubs yeah all over the hawaiian islands i i love playing clubs yeah you know it's it's a, an intimate atmosphere and i like people being able to be close to the band and and seeing what i do i i love showing off yeah you know <laughs> so i so we tell <laughs> we're, we're, we're thinking 
onward and upward. And and by the way, guys, Cat Matt, thank you for the for the questions because it gives me affords me the opportunity to you know to go there and 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 let people know that we're not letting any grass grow under our feet. We're going to move forward until it's time for me to get on one of my horses and go right out <laughs> into the pasture. <laughs> All right. And, uh, well, we're going to, speaking of time, we're going to let you go because you've given us an hour and we really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you guys. You see us playing close by, come and see us. We definitely will. You can come back and see us anytime. You got my telephone number, so call me if you need me if something comes up. All right. You know, Kat, it, hey, Kat, if you've got something and like you're, you know, you were talking about that gig in, in Kentucky. I yeah. mean, we are, we are a band. We like to play music and, you know, all, all of our stuff goes through Blue Raven Entertainment out of New Jersey, a man named Sean. He's a great guy. He believes in the band. He's got my back. You know, if, if somebody calls up and says, we'd like to have the Artemis Pile band, but somebody told us that Artemis might, might be a bad guy. You know, <laughs> Sean. Sean does not mess around like they do in Nashville where they, they cheese and fold up like a lawn chair. Sean says to the people, Hey, look, you know, whatever they said about Artemis that is bad, it's not true. He's a good person. He loves children. He loves his family. He loves his band. He plays the music better than anybody else. If you pass, it's your loss. Hmm. So get on board. Or, you know, you, you don't let the door hit you in the ass. You know, <laughs> that, that's the kind of that's the kind of agent you want on your side. Yeah, so. definitely. All right, guys. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, right. Artemis. Great. Yes. And I, I did listen to Simple Man. Love that. That's great. With Sammy Hagar, too. You can hear the, the hurt, the cry in his voice. Do you know what I mean by the cry in a, in a voice? Yes. Elvis had a cry in his voice. He could, uh, Dolly Parton has that cry in her voice. And you can hear in Sammy's performance of Simple Man. And he's, you know, he's showing out, man. He's doing that for Ronnie. Mm. And uh, you can hear that, that cry in his voice, which means anytime I hear somebody go deep like that, you know, I, I know that it's sincere. So. Yeah, the, Sammy did a great job on that, you know, and I toured with Sammy when, I, as I told you, he was in the band Montrose, right. Ronnie Montrose. Yeah. And then um, Sammy went on to, uh, you know, uh, reach for the stars. Mm-hmm. He still is, you know. Yeah, yeah. But sure. uh, love you. Love you guys. Stay safe. Stay warm. And uh, hope to see you soon. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.